Hello, this is Jake Watkins. I'm the Young Adults Pastor at Cross City Christian Church, and welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk inspires you and encourages you into anchoring the love and power of Jesus into your daily life. Enjoy the message. This was my third time doing quarantine last week, uh, third time. I've had COVID twice, okay? And then obviously we all did quarantine together to flatten the curve, you remember that? Um, And so I've got some quarantine habits at this point, all right? Some things that I just do when I'm in quarantine, all right? That's that's how often this has felt like I've done this. Um, And it's basically a staycation, because I don't get it too bad, all right? Uh, McKenna got it a little worse than me, and she was mad at me because I was feeling good. Like, we were watching Cobra Kai, and I was getting up and doing karate moves. And she's like, how do you have this energy? I was like, I don't know, babe, but I just want to punch some fools, you know? Like, yeah! I was just like, mm. But uh, it's a quarantine habits. Uh, it's like you, you wake up whenever you feel like it, okay? You go out to the living room, and you just lay on the couch, and that's your position for the rest of the day, and then you repeat that until you're allowed to go out of your house. And so that's like, that. I do that, lay on the couch, watch TV, all right, that's it, scroll on my phone, that's what I do, play some video games, okay? But one bad habit I have uh, during quarantine, besides like not showering for like three days, okay, come on, let's be honest, all right? Uh, besides that, one bad habit I have though um, and is uh, online shopping, okay? I like to online shop and during quarantine, if I can shop and then it like shows up at my house, I feel like I've accomplished something, but really all I've accomplished is draining my bank account, right? And so I've got this problem with uh, like online shopping. I just do it a lot. I do it a lot, not just in quarantine, but just in general. And I think you and I, uh, especially you 2000s and up babies, okay, I'm like a 90s baby, but growing up with the internet, us, right? Growing up with the internet, we've developed some skills, some skills, especially when it comes to online shopping. Because if we know something about online shopping, it's that we got to be careful with what websites we're buying from. Like, right? Like, there are some sketchy websites out there that are literally just trying to steal your money, okay? And so I think you and I have these special skills uh, in detecting a fake website, okay? Like I was shopping for phone cases, one of the many useless things that, you know, I needed. And um, I was shopping for phone cases. Who knew that there were scam websites solely dedicated to scamming people out of phone case money? Like, dude, like why, why, why are you, scammers, why are you wasting your time with this? But you have to be careful. And so uh, we was looking at uh, some phone cases, was on a website, and there's a checklist. I think each of us have kind of like this checklist when we're looking at a website to know if it's legit, right? You guys have this checklist. First of all, the website, it has to be good quality, okay? If it's a bad quality website, like if you're trying to navigate and it's not going and like everything you're clicking is not working or it's taking you to the same spot, like, you know that's a fake website, right? Like, come on, it's gotta be good quality. Uh, The next thing is like, it can't be like brand new. If the website was made yesterday, probably a scam because the website they had the day before probably got shut down and so they just made a new one, okay? Probably a scam. How about this, the reviews. If every review is like five star in broken English, you know that it's probably a scam. Like, let's be honest, okay? Uh, How about um, 
another indicator of a, uh, a website, a bad website, is that uh, you look at it and uh, it's like uh, one of those major, everything's like 60, 70% off. Like everything. Everything is like slashed to the bone and it's like, we got this go-kart, it's regularly $5,000, but today you can get it for 80 bucks. Today only. But that today only sale is literally every day. You know that website probably a scam, right? You know, probably fake, probably trying to get you out of your money. And it's, if it's usually too good to be true, usually fake. And you know, I, I really think that uh, just like we've kind of developed these habits of discernment when it comes to online shopping, I really do think that, that Jesus was really a fan of using discernment to know if something was real or not. I really do think that he was. Uh, just like we look for legit websites, just like we look for, for, for scams, things being real fake, I think Jesus never really took anything at face value. I think Jesus, he looked at the heart of a situation, and more importantly, he looked at the heart of those around him. Any person he came in contact with, he didn't look at the way they appeared, <laughs> but he looked at what they were producing. Even uh, Jesus said that God knows your heart. And in Matthew chapter 7, there, there's this passage and Jesus says uh, not to judge others or you're going to be judged to the same measure. But in that same chapter, he does say this. He says, don't judge others. But then he does say this in Matthew chapter 7 verse 15. It's going to be on the screen. It says this, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is by the way they act. Can you pick up grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruits, so you can identify people by their actions. See, Jesus says, don't judge others. He says, you don't get to decide whether someone's going to heaven or not. Jesus says, the Father does that, but what you can do is you can be an inspector. He says, you can be a fruit inspector. But by, by people's fruit in their lives, you can determine whether they're producing good fruits or they're producing bad fruits. And by their fruits, you will know their character. You'll know if they are who they say they are. But I think most importantly, we have to ask ourselves this question. What fruit are we producing? What fruit are we producing? Look at this as Jesus says in, in Matthew, as he continues, he says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Now let's be honest, there's a lot of fakes out there, 
There's fake websites, there's fake Instagram accounts, there, there, there's, there's fake companies, but the most disappointing fake that you can run into, I think, is fake people. Out of all the fakes, the most disappointing is fake people, and I'm going to be honest, the church is really full of really fake Christians. I think the church is really full of really fake people. See, you can come to church every week, but it doesn't make you a follower of Jesus. You can sound really, really, really good when you pray and you're all holy, but it doesn't make you a real follower of Jesus. You can give your money to the church, but it doesn't make you a Christian. You can even perform miracles in the name of God, but that doesn't make you a true disciple. And I think the reality is that for a lot of us, fake isn't even what we're trying to be. We're not, we're not trying to scam someone. We're not trying to be fake Christians. Maybe we really do want to be followers of Jesus. I see, uh, for, for you and I, we're, we're at a point in our lives where no one's forcing us to be in this building tonight. No one's forcing us to sit in that chair. No one's forcing us to come to, to church, right? Our parents aren't dragging us here. We are here and we're choosing to be here to try and establish and improve our relationship with God by connecting with him spiritually. But if we looked at the fruit of our lives, maybe you and I, are, we're seeing some bad fruits. Now, what's bad fruit? In, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, we read this as Paul describes what some bad fruit looks like. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the bad fruit, but then Paul goes on and, and lists the good fruit. Look at this. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So you can write this down if you're taking notes. You can write this down. A true disciple of Jesus produces the right fruit. A true disciple of Jesus produces the right fruit. So you can say you love God, you can say you love Jesus, you can say you love the church, but what you produce is the evidence of what you're actually living. What you produce is the evidence of what you're actually living. Let me say this another way. What you produce is a direct result of where you are planted. What you produce is a direct result of where you're planted. In John chapter 15, Jesus says that he is the vine and we are the branches and that if we remain in him, we will bear much fruit, good fruit. And through Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit and through the Holy Spirit, reproduce the fruit of the Spirit, the good fruit. And if we plant ourselves and take root in Jesus, we bear the good fruit, but bad fruit comes from our sinful nature. 
It comes from following our desires instead of God's. See, here's the big problem. The problem is, is that bad fruit is attractive. Can we be honest here? The, the, the big problem is that bad fruit's kind of attractive, right? It's enticing. Bad fruit can taste good. I mean, wh- uh, why do good girls like bad boys? Why do good boys like bad girls? I mean, like Samson and Delilah. Ooh, she bad, right? She bad, but oh, she's so good. Samson's like, give me some of that bad fruit. I mean, why did Adam and Eve eat the bad fruit? Because bad fruit can be attractive, and oftentimes it's easier to produce bad fruit because good fruit takes patience. Bad fruit you can have now. You can text bad fruit at 3 a.m., hey, you up? And she's like, yeah. And you're like, mm, give me some bad fruit tonight. But listen, good fruit can take time. Good fruit takes patience. Bad fruit can be fulfilling, but it's not going to fulfill you eternally. In fact, it'll almost always leave you more empty than before and cost you more than you were willing to pay. See, I think we can easily see the fun in bad fruit. We see the benefits in bad fruit in the moment, and sometimes it's harder to see the benefit in good fruit, but I believe good fruit is amazing. Good fruit's amazing. I mean, it's why we go to the grocery store and we walk up to the giant pile of watermelons and we spend 10 minutes standing there smacking watermelons until we got the one that sounds right. Why? Because we want some juicy fruit. We want fruit that's good. We want a watermelon that's just plump and juicy and satisfying and good for the soul on a hot summer day. You don't want to open up a watermelon and it's all like dry or like, you know, white and it's not like that luscious pink color. You know, no, you don't want that. Good fruit's fulfilling. Good fruit's juicy. And so tonight I want to talk about, I don't want want to talk about the parts of the good fruit specifically. I want to talk to you simply about the benefits of good fruit. Just the benefits of bearing good fruit. Because I don't know about you, but the selfish part of me, the part of me that's looking out for Jake and Jake first at all times, that part of me wants to know what good fruit's actually going to do for me. I want to know, what's this going to benefit me? If I got to put in time, if I got to put in effort, if I have to produce something, you tell me, what's the benefit of this? So tonight, I'm going to give you three benefits of producing good fruit. The three benefits of producing good fruit. Number one, producing good fruit improves our lives. Producing good fruit, I believe, and I believe Jesus declares that it will improve your life. Now, I, I was listening to a podcast this morning, and I'm a weirdo because I listen to podcasts at the gym, okay? And I listen to them, like, on the treadmill or the stairs because if I listen to music, like, if I'm doing 20 minutes of cardio, okay? If I'm doing 20 minutes of cardio and I'm listening to music, it, like, makes it way more daunting, all right? Because in my head, I start doing mental math. Okay, 20 minutes of cardio, that's, like, four to five songs. So I got to get through four to five songs, and then I could be done. And then I'm going, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And song one just seems like it's lasting forever. Song one's done. I'm like, okay, I got four or five more. And then I'm just going, and I'm going. It's ticking down, ticking down. I hate it, so I have to listen to podcasts, okay? Because podcasts distract me from the fact that my legs want to kill me. And so I listen to podcasts. I was listening to this podcast, and it was talking about how to change parts of your life by building new habits. 
It's talking about changing parts of your life by building new habits. And fundamentally, if you want to change your life, you have to do something different than what you've done before. Right? Because if you keep doing what you have always done, you will always get the results you've always gotten. I don't know if that's correct English. But if you keep doing what you've always done, you're always going to get the same results. And so look at this passage in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. It says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. See, the reality is, is that you and I, we reap what we sow. We reap what we sow. And if you want to improve what you are reaping, you have to change what you're sowing. And see, many of us, I think we've been sowing destruction in our lives, and we've been reaping decay in our lives, whether we realize it or not. I mean, do you realize that for like years and years and years in history that uh, doctors actually recommended that you smoke cigarettes? Like they were, they, doctors, there were doctors that sponsored cigarettes for you to smoke cigarettes. Doctors, do you understand that? Like nowadays it'd be like a doctor was like, yeah, smoking is good for you. You'd be like, what? You're like, what, are you crazy? But like years ago, it was like doctors were like, no, smoking is great. Yeah, have a couple, have a pack a day. What can hurt you? It took a generation of smokers to be smoking daily to get to a point where they're like, oh yeah, you've been breathing in carcinogens for your whole life and now you have lung cancer you should probably not smoke cigarettes. For years, people were sowing, and then it came to a point where they reaped. And the destruction of a bad fruit may not be evident at first, but it always proves itself in the long run. See, the destruction of a bad fruit, it may not be evident at first. You may not see the problems with it as the days go on, but it always proves itself in the long run. And, and I think the same can be said for the good fruit. I, I think the good fruit, it, it may not show the benefits right away, but if you persist, if you keep doing what's good, Galatians says we will reap a harvest of blessing at the right time. You know what I see in history is that almost every major breakthrough has come through a time of persistence. Almost every major breakthrough has come through a time of persistence. Every answered prayer comes after a time of consistent prayer. Every, every, every invention, every, every advancement in society, almost every single one of them comes from a time of failure, 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 and persistence through it until the breakthrough. 
And, and so we may not see the benefits of the good fruit today, but I'm telling you, if you keep sowing, 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 you're going to reap the blessing at the right time. Imagine. Imagine the impact of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Imagine the impact that can have on your life in a place where previously had only been hostility, jealousy, anger, selfishness, division, and envy. See, it may not feel the best at first to change what you've always done, Change is hard, but if you lean into the Spirit, if you let Him do His work in you, you're going to reap the benefits that will improve your life. Not only will good fruit improve your life mentally, spiritually, and I believe physically, but the second benefit is this. I believe it will improve your relationships. In fact, I believe it will impact your relationships. Good fruit impacts your relationships. Uh, when I think of my relationships with my friends and family and how I feel about these relationships, it's almost always shaped by the fruit that those relationships produce. The way I think about a relationship with a friend, a family, a coworker, it's always shaped by the fruit that that relationship produces. I'll give you an example. My best friend, all right, Jason. Dude, I think about my friendship with Jason. I think about all the good times. Think about us when we used to live together and we play video games all night and like just like cookouts and just time, it's like holidays. I just think about all this stuff. I think about him being there for me in my darkest moments. I think about being there for him and, and his. I, I think about him being my best man at my wedding. I, I think about being the best man at, at his. And, and I, I think about all the fruit that that relationship has produced. And I look back on it and I see the good fruit. And I'm like, man, that's good. But then I think about a different friendship. Maybe one I haven't had in years that ended kind of poorly. Man, I see that a little differently. Because of the fruit that that friendship produced kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. You have somebody that did you wrong, maybe hurt you, stabbed you in the back, betrayed you in some sort of way, and when you look at the fruit of that relationship, maybe it's an ex that you had and it was bad, you guys fought all the time, constantly yelling, screaming at each other, and when you look back at the fruit, man, it, it changes the way that you think about it, because our relationships are shaped by the fruit those relationships produce. Here's the kicker, here's the kicker. What those relationships produce is often a result of what we sow into those relationships. What our relationships produce is often a result of what we sow into those relationships. And what we sow into our relationships, listen, this is important, what we sow into our relationships comes from an overflow of the fruit we bear in our own lives. What we put into our relationships comes from an overflow of the fruit we have personally. Do you understand what I'm saying? You following with me? So what we sow in our relationships comes from an overflow of the fruit we bear in our lives. You can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. Matthew chapter 7 verse 12 is often referred to as the golden rule, right? Jesus says, do to others whatever you'd like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. See, what you want to see in a relationship is what you have to give in a relationship. And if you want to see patience in a relationship, 
Like, I have to give patience. But if I don't have patience, I can't give patience. Are you following me? If I want to see patience in relationship, I have to give it. But if I don't already have it to give, if it's not a fruit in my life to give and pour into relationship, I can't give patience. So instead of giving patience, what happens is my wife or my mom or my dad or my sister says something to me, and because I'm not bearing good fruit, because I can't have patience to give patience, because I don't have patience, I do give what I have, which is anger. See, when I'm not giving good fruit because I'm not producing good fruit, I'm usually giving bad fruit. And because I'm giving bad fruit, I'm not giving patience, I'm giving anger. And when I sow anger into a relationship, I receive the fruit of what I've sowed. The relationship produces what I've sown into the relationship. And then I have a relationship built on anger or distrust or selfishness. See, if if the Spirit is not producing in you the good fruit. You're not bringing to your relationships the good fruits. But if you let the Spirit do its work, not only is the Spirit going to produce good fruit in you and improve you as a person, but from that overflow of much fruit, as Jesus puts it, we begin to see how that impacts our relationships around us. Because when you put love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness into a relationship, into a friendship, into your family, it's very hard for that relationship to produce bad fruit. Guarantee, it's going to be hard for you to see bad fruit in a relationship where you sow good fruits. See, when you do the right things, you reap the right benefits. When you, when, you, when you sow the overflow of the good fruit of the Spirit into relationships, you will see the impact it has on your relationships. And then this, the third benefit that we receive from producing good fruit is this, third benefit, it, pro- it proves our living faith. It proves our living faith. You know, when online shopping, right, not only... Do we have to make sure that the website isn't fake or a, a scam? But after you've decided that the website's not fake, that it's real, all right, the journey doesn't end there when you find a real website when you're online shopping, right? Like, you got to make sure that that product lives up to its marketing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, Buddy the Elf, and he goes to the coffee shop, and it's like world's best cup of coffee. And he's like, oh, my gosh, world's best cup of coffee. And he doesn't even take a taste of it. And then he brings Jovi to the coffee shop later, and she's like, this is a crappy cup of coffee. And he's like, no, it's the world's best cup of coffee. Listen, what you're marketing has to line up with what you're producing. And, and the only way to know if a product lives up to its marketing is to get that product for yourself and try it, right? Like, but, but... Most of the time, we heavily uh, rely on reviews. I know when I'm online shopping, and I'm looking at a product, and it's marketing, it's like, this is the best thing ever. It's going to change your life. Ah, like the only real way to know that is to get it. But what's a heavily, like a heavily big influence on whether I'm going to purchase something or not, and like put my resources there, and, and spend my time with something, and put my money towards something, you know what's going to heavily influence me is the reviews. And I'm not talking, I got to look out for the paid reviews and the fake reviews, but if you find a real review of a real person, what they say about that product influences whether I make the decision to buy. 
And I will read review after review before I buy something to make sure my money is being spent the right way, right? That I'm putting my resource into something that's actually good, that actually works. Now let me ask you, if people around you who know you, your friends, your family, your coworkers, the people that spend a lot of time with you, what kind of review would they leave your faith? What kind of review would they leave you? See, when you produce the fruit of the Spirit, the good fruit in your life, it's evidence of your faith. Good fruit is evidence of your faith. I mean, imagine if I, like I told you, I had this orange tree in my house, and I'm like, dude, it's the best orange tree you've ever seen. It's big, it's luscious, and it produces these amazing oranges. They're the best oranges you've ever had, and I make the most amazing orange juice, dude. I'm telling you, you gotta come with me, try out these oranges. You gotta, you gotta have it. It'll change your life forever. And then you came, and you saw my orange tree, and it was like this tiny, like, little thing, and it was like super sparse and it had one really, really, really moldy peach on it. And I was like, dude, see? And you're like, that? And I'm like, yeah, it's amazing, right there. And you're like, what? And then I, like, I took it off, it, the, the moldy peach took it off the tree, and I started squeezing it into a glass, just moldy, dank peach, just into a glass, and was like, try it. you like, what? No, that's, that's, that's not an orange. That's a moldy peach. You'd be like, dude, zero out of five stars would not recommend Jake's moldy peaches, all right? That's what you would say. That's the review that you would leave me. It, 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 if that was my faith, if I was going to claim all these things about my faith instead of an orange tree, and I said, look at man, hey, Jesus will radically change your life. He changed mine. You should come to church with me. You should try this. But the evidence, when they look at my life, is they don't see an orange, they see a moldy peach. They go, what? Jesus, Jesus didn't change your life. You look the same, bro. You're acting the same. You're doing the same thing. Zero out of five stars would not come to your church. I do not recommend. I mean, that, if, that, if that was what was happening, that's the review. They would be leaving. James chapter 2 verse 14 says this, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and, and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing, what good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Now someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds, but I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. See, I think you can interchangeably say good deeds and good fruit. See, the reality is, is that if we're not bearing fruit, our faith is dead. If we're not bearing good fruit, it's useless. If we're not bearing good fruit, it's just taking up space. 
Jesus tells this parable of a, of a man who goes up to a vine, and it's supposed to be producing this fruit, and it's not producing anything, and, he, and he says, it's, it's not producing anything for years. And finally, the man just says to the gardener, he says, take it out. It's just taking up space. Man, are we just taking up space here? That when we, when we bear good fruit in abundance, when good fruit overflows in our relationships, when the people around us see the evidence of the good fruit in our lives, from the Spirit, the Bible says that the people will know us by our fruits and they will see the work of Jesus in our lives. See, bearing good fruit proves that we have living faith. Living faith. See, a living faith is what's going to change the world. A, a living faith is what's going to improve our lives. A, a living faith will improve our relationships. Our living faith will improve the way we see situations. A living faith will improve the way we see people. And when we have a living faith, what it really does is it draws people into knowing and wanting to know who Jesus is. See, there's a reason Jesus calls us to bear fruit. There's a reason we need to have the evidence of fruit in our lives. Because Jesus calls us to be the evidence of him on this planet. When Jesus left the disciples and ascended into heaven after the resurrection, the disciples and us, we were plan A for how the world was going to know Jesus. And there is no plan B. You and I are plan A for how the world is going to know the goodness of God. And it's going to be evident in the, the way we act, the way we talk, the way we do life. It's going to be evident in the things that we produce by having living faith. Let's pray. God, tonight, I just thank you that we get to come into your house, Lord that we get to learn and, and grow. God, I just pray that we can be producers. God, that we wouldn't remain stagnant and, and, and fruitless and, and barren and dry. God, that we would have life and life to the fullest and life to the fullest looks like us producing fruit in our lives that we have never may have never seen it before, God. Lord, I pray that there's not a branch in us that doesn't bear the fruit of you. God, that we'd see love and joy and peace and patience all throughout our lives in every direction we look, God, and that that fruit would overflow into the rest of our lives, into our relationships and into and the things that you have for us and beyond, God. We just lift up this time to you. We just thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning into AnchorCast. I pray that you take this word and that Jesus transforms your life in ways you never thought possible. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. And of course, follow us on social media at Anchor Nights to stay up to date with all of our events, meetings, and uploads. Thanks again for listening and may God bless you.